Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. In 1892, the town of Bosquin voted to adopt the Public Library Act at their annual town meeting. It was the year afterwards that they established a public library, but then it got overcrowded in, and so in 1913, a new library was built. It was built by an architect, Guy Lowell, who designed a beautiful masterpiece. I'm standing in that library now. Interesting thing about a library is it's filled with information, filled with books, knowledge. And we have to say, is this knowledge true? And where does truth come from? Well, today we might not have our libraries. Actually, a lot of our physical libraries are going away. But it's because we have these things called technology and devices. And so now we ask for information and we're looking for truth and we just do this. Surrey, where is the review for the closest restaurant? Capelli's Pizzeria and Restaurant gets four stars. So here I am, I'm finding the review. It's somebody has an experience and now they're giving me their truth of their experience. And my question is, is that really true? Do we rely on just what we find on our Google searches or online to find what is true? Or is there real truth and where do we find the answers? I wonder if today we, we take our experiences and then we decide what's true based on our experience. And is that really true? Are our experiences just the reality of truth? Well, I'm going to pose a question. Have we wandered away from the truth? And the questions that we have today, can they be answered by a Google search? or answered by Surrey or Amazon Dot. We love to go to those places today to say, hey, give me an answer for this. But maybe we've lost the very place of where the truth can be found. And maybe we've stopped looking in the very place that the original truth was and is and is to come. That's the truth of Jesus Christ and and he's given us his word. So there's a scripture in the Bible, the Word of God. It's in 2 Timothy 3.16. It's another 3.16. It's not a John 3.16. It's a 2 Timothy 3.16. It's an important one to know because it says this, all scripture is breathed out of God and profitable, that word profitable, it's of great gain for you and I, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that word righteousness in right living that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Well, isn't that interesting that he says that we're to be complete and, and good for and equipped for every good work? So we have to say, where's truth come from? Well, he's saying that this is where we need to start 
that the scripture is breathed by God. So the author of all truth, we have to always go back to the original source. So the author of all truth is found here amongst these pages. There's another scripture that uh, is really important for us to know, and, and this is found in Matthew. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, this is Jesus speaking. These are the red letters of the Bible. It says, Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, man shall not live on bread alone. That bread represents, you know, what it is that we do in our day to day. So it's almost like as we're living life, is that all we live by is by our experiences, what we just take in for information? Or do we need to live on the Word of God? Because the Word of God is true, and where there is truth, there is prosperity and wholeness and freedom and life that is given to us. We're going to be starting a new series, and this is the kickoff of it. It's called FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions. We've sent a survey out there, and we've asked, what are people thinking about? Basically, if we were to ask people, what are you doing on your searches, on your Google searches? What answers are you looking for in life? And we're going to answer your questions. The best way that we know how is not by our opinion, is not by doing a Google search. It's by searching the Word of God and saying, what does God say about that issue? What does God say about that topic? So the first thing I think we need to understand is, is have we determined that truth is relative or is there absolute truth? Because as long as we think that truth is relative, that we, truth is only based on our experience, what is only true is what I've encountered, that leaves us with a pretty bleak outcome for understanding what truth is because then truth is all relative to each person's experience. But if there is true truth and is found by the original author of life, then let's go to what he says about topics that we have and questions that we have and see what he says in answering our questions. So here I am in Bosquin, New Hampshire at an old public library where people would come in looking for truth. They would look for answers. They would look for information. It's a great place to start, but it's not the place to end. We have to go to where the true source is. We have to go to the true place. We have to go where there's truth that is found, and that is the Bible. Let's dig in together as we go through this series, FAQ, answering the questions that you have, not by my opinion, but by what is true based on the Word of God. Join us for the series. You're going to hear from our location pastors over the next several weeks, answering the questions that you have and answering through the Word of God. So that was just a little intro that all of our locations got to see this morning, and uh, I thought you would enjoy it. I could have just been here and showed you that, but you, could, you would have missed uh, the great library in Bosquin, New Hampshire. How, how many, has anybody been to that library before? Yes, it is an old library that's no longer being used. Well, this morning I actually want to start this series by, by framing the filter 
in which we need to approach all of these topics. Um, the filter is really about how do we understand the culture that we live in. So as you've given us questions, and we're not going to get to everybody's questions that um, you have opposed, but I'm, I was trying to look at those themes of the things that you are asking. And our culture today has some interesting things going on in it. I just happened to be watching Wheel of Fortune at my in-law's place last night, and uh, there is Pat, what's his name, Sajak or something? And, he go, and he's introducing his, his panel who are going to be playing the games. And here's a woman. And I took a double take. I shouldn't be surprised anymore. But she goes, yes, I am. This is a woman speaking. Yes, I'm married to my lovely wife. And we've got five lovely kids. I was like, did she just say wife? And I mean, how long has Wheel of Fortune been on? And now this is commonplace that we would um, be talking about that in our culture. There are things about refugees, immigration. There are topics about our human sexuality. And we have to first understand how do we address some of these things with the truth of God, but we've got to run it through the right filter. Because we haven't done a great job of understanding how to engage with culture. We, um, we sometimes politicize it, um, and Constantine did that. He wanted to say, hey, we are a Christian nation when Constantine was a ruler. And, but that didn't really work either. There's other people who says, we have to be against culture. We have to pick it and we have to show them that, that this is what's true and we're against all this evil. That hasn't really been effective either. And then maybe we need to say we just need to isolate ourselves from culture. We, we need to become like the Amish and just create our own little subculture. And in many ways, sometimes the church has done that. But that's not right either. So we have to understand how did Jesus live and how, what was his teaching to us and then run it through that lens as we talk about these different topics. So this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to paint the picture of the lens first and foremost. So if you have your Bibles, um, hopefully you brought your Bibles, I'm going to go run through some scriptures fairly quickly. If you have a notepad and some taking notes or on your device and your notes section, you want to take some uh, notes on this. We're going to go fairly rapidly this morning, but again, this morning we're going to paint the picture of the lens that we're going to address all these future topics over the week. So it's really important that you get this first, um, this first week's message. So first of all, I, I want you to understand, too often we have thought that we need to tell people what to believe. This is the truth. But in reality, we want to really display, display the God that we live in for others to believe in. Look at this slide right here. I'm going to say the slide once we get it here. Anytime. Right now. All right. It's not about telling you what to believe. It's displaying our God for others to believe. You see, I think sometimes we we love God and we love the truth and we just have to say, this is what you have to do to live following Jesus. And it's, we're telling people. But what if we actually displayed... 
God through our lives and the way that we're living our lives, that it makes them want to believe. It's a big difference. Uh, look at this scripture. Look at the next slide. And there's a scripture for you to, to look at. It's in John chapter 14, verse 6. And it says this. I, Jesus, am the way, the truth, and the life. So we do know that. We know that scripture if you've been around church for any length of time. If you're actually here um, visiting with us and you don't know much about the Bible or much about Jesus, this scripture might be new to you. But Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we have to start everything through the filter of Jesus and his kingdom. So when we talk about culture we're going to be talking about a kingdom culture. The culture, the kingdom of God culture. So what Jesus did is he began to to paint a picture for us when he was on earth. And he uses these four illustrations. And if you turn to um, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, we're going to hang out here in Matthew. So once you get to Matthew... Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, these are the first books of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 5. Jesus starts using some illustrations for us that begin to help create a filter of which we are to address the culture around us. So the first one is talking about salt. Jesus, these are red letters, so if you turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, it says, you are the salt of the earth. Before I get too far in here, I I just want people just to know how much that you are loved and appreciated here. Can you just look to your neighbor and just say, you're awesome, and I'm so glad you're here this morning. Oh... Doesn't that feel good? Just relish in this moment for a moment. All right. Salt and light, Matthew chapter 5. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. The first kingdom principle that we need to understand in creating a filter of how to address the world around us, the culture around us, is that we have to understand we should be salt. Jesus wants us to be salt. What does salt do? Where do you use salt? On your food. What do you, why do you put salt on your food? It enhances the flavor. It brings out the best in people. Salt, it brings out the best in your food. And so that's the way that we should be living. It's to bring out the best of people by our words. What are you speaking? In Life Group this uh, week, you'll be having those questions of how are you using your words to bring the best out in somebody else? And you just did that right now. You looked over at your neighbor and told them that they're awesome and you're happy. And what did that do on the inside? There was just, you stood up a little taller. You're like, that's me. Yeah, I am awesome. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It feels good. Well, then he goes on to say this about light. 
You are the light of the world. Can you say, I am the light of the world? You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. No, this little light of mine. All right, I was just, thank you. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. But you are the light, this little light of mine. You are the light of the world. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So if we're salt speaking life into people, and if we're light, we're displaying, not telling, displaying truth. Because it says, let your good works be seen by men so they give glory to who? To God. See, our lives are to be displaying that people would see us do things, good works, and not say, hey, Bobby, great job. They'd be like, oh, my word. Who, what compels you to do this? Man, you're, you're living differently than other people. And what, what's going on here? You're displaying the truth by being salt and then light. Then, so that's the, there's two filters. I got two more to go. The next one is, let's look, turn over to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. If you're okay writing in your Bible, um, underlining things, these are some good places for you to underline. Matthew 13, 33 says this. Again, red letters, Jesus talking. He's telling them about the parable of the kingdom of heaven is like. And I want you to understand, sometimes when you read the Bible, you, you, you think about the kingdom of God, we think about that's just heaven. But Jesus is telling us that we are to live kingdom here and now. The kingdom of God here and now. The kingdom is present. So this, he's not talking about this is what's going to happen some later day. It's saying this is what, how you are to be living today. So, so in... Matthew 13, 33 says, He told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, or yeast, that a woman took and hid it in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. Now, if anybody has uh, been a bread maker, um, is Franz here this morning? Franz of bread and chocolate. He attends here, and he makes incredible bread if you've been to bread and chocolate. But you understand that yeast has the ability, just a small little pinch, it will multiply and affect the entire loaf. When we have the presence of God inside of us, we are to be like leaven, and that wherever we go, we should be changing the atmosphere. We should be changing the atmosphere wherever we go. And see, that's what it does. One of the questions you'll be asking in your life group this week is, have you ever been in a place where somebody walks into the room and the atmosphere can be changed just like that, either positive 
or negative. But when we're carriers of the presence of God, the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us, we can change the atmosphere. I was uh, so encouraged. I had the privilege of driving uh, the van last week and to pick up uh, my new friends uh, from Shea Farm and uh, the halfway house uh, there. And these girls are amazing. Um, And they were telling me how that's one of our locations, the church behind the walls. Pastor Bill Pelletier is, is holding services there. But they were telling me on the, on the ride back, the house is changing. The atmosphere of the house is changing. But why? Is because the presence of God is residing in people that is changing the atmosphere of that home. So, by the way, girls, just love that you're here. So, so glad that you're here. All right, so remember, these are the filters of which we're going to start addressing topics about how to address the culture. And so we're going to bring these filters up every week, but it's important for you to understand. Salt, speaking life. Light, displaying truth. Leaven, changing the atmosphere. And then right above this scripture, he talks about the mustard seed, the parable of the seed. So this is Jesus in in verse 31. He put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. If you've seen a mustard seed, it's it's tiny. It's just like a, a, a speck, a little round tiny ball. It's like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed into his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the other garden plants. And becomes a tree so that the birds of the air can make their nests in its branches. The seed. We talk sometimes about the seed is really about faith. But I would like us to explore a different side of this. That after the seed matures, that it becomes a place of refuge. The birds, it's a safe place. The birds will make their nests there. The birds feel so confident in this bush that they're going to come and find refuge in this bush. And I would like to say, is that, is that going to be us? That, that as we think about these topics going through, is, are there safe places? Is a church a safe place? Am I a safe place that we can have differences of opinion? We can display the truth. We can open up God's word, but you know what? We're safe. We become a refuge. So that is the filter of which we're going to be running through the topics over the next several weeks. We don't have an end date to this series yet because we, are, we want to be responsive to you. That As we start unpacking some of these topics, that if you're saying, you know what? I am just facing this thing that, that's... You know, can we address it from a biblical perspective and then run it through these filters of being salt, light, leaven, seed? And we will do that for you. Just send us an email or a text or, or a Facebook message. And we'll keep going on on this. But it's really important, first and foremost, for you to run it through these filters. Salt, light, leaven, and see, see, these are kingdom principles that are going to help us to engage the culture and not shrink back from the culture. They're going to be able to not, not give in to the culture and not water down the truth of God. 
But why does the Bible tell us that we're to be in the world, but not of it? We are to be in the world, and I know many of you are. In many ways, I feel badly that I have this role that I have. I, I, in many times, I kind of liked when I was uh, in business, and I was like, I get to be around a lot of people who don't know Jesus. Nowadays, I've got to work hard to find people who don't know Jesus because I'm around so many people that know Christ. But you get to be in the culture. You get to be in the world. But many, many times we're confused of how to be in the world but not of it. And we're going to help address that over the next few weeks. So, we live like Jesus by speaking life, displaying truth, changing the atmosphere, and being a refuge. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about marriage. By the way, for all you little lovebirds out there, you're going to have a, a good Valentine's Day coming up, the 14th. How many people have anything special planned there for you and your honey? You guys are pathetic. <laughs> Man, show some love. So one of the things, uh, this is going to be, I'm going to disclose too much. Audra, can I, can I disclose a little something? She turns away. So that means yes. Okay. So, so yesterday for my birthday, um, yes, thank you for my birthday. Thank you. 39 and holding. Love it. Um, for my birthday, man, my wife was amazing. And I kind of play up this thing in my brain that I was like, for one day, I just want to be, I want to be king for one day. So, so I like my kids can serve me, my wife. So I said, I said, honey, I said, one of the things that I want is, you know, I want to just, I want to just grow in our relationship a little bit. And, you know, I know we're going to go into this marriage conference soon. I think they're probably going to ask us to do this anyway. So I want to like be ahead of the curve. So I said, can, can I just ask for, I just want 10 random kisses this, uh, this day, throughout the day. But I, I don't want to initiate it. I want you to initiate it. And, you know, our, our, both of our love languages are not physical touch, really, although we need to work on it a little bit because the first kiss of the day, my kids go like, ooh, that's disgusting. It's like, honey, we have not done a good job to raise our kids. If they think that's disgusting, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> but where was I going with this story? Oh, Valentine's Day. So I just wanted to encourage you guys. Come on, get, get a little romance going. Get a little bit of, you know, God gave each other for you married folks as a gift to one another. So treat each other as a gift. All right, this Valentine's Day, do something special. All right, that had nothing to do with this message, and I've just ho- helped you forget what we we're saying. So what are the four things? Salt, light, leaven, seed. Okay, those are the four things we're going to run through as a filter for this week. So we're going to be talking about marriage. That's where I was going with that one. We're going to be talking about human sexuality. We're going to be um, probably talking about same-sex marriage. We're going to be talking about um, same-sex attraction, how do we navigate that? That seems to be very common today. And, and how do we navigate that through the Word of God? Don't. This is not going to get political. I, I want you to... This is a safe place to have safe conversations. Because remember, 
We're going to be speaking life into the situation. We're going to be displaying God's truth. We're going to help change the atmosphere. And we're going to be a refuge. So I want to let you know, you can be completely comfortable even if you struggle. If you um, are gay and are attend our church, this is a safe place for you. If you've had difficulties with same-sex attraction, I wouldn't say difficulties, you've walked through that. This is a safe place for you. Uh, I want to let you know that we're going to be hitting some topics that might be a little sensitive. We're going to be mindful that we have a mixed audience of younger and older, different backgrounds. I understand there might be conversations that bring up some pain from the past. We're going to make sure, though, that this is a safe place, that you're loved, that you're accepted. And uh, the last I checked, everywhere that Jesus encountered somebody who who was living contrary to God's best, he was always, always spoke life into them. He always brought life into them. And so I want to let you know that that's going to be here. This is going to be this place for you. It's only going to be a place of life. So, um, so come back. Come back next week. Um, if you're not in life group, we had our life group fair last week. And... Um, and we can still get you plugged in uh, soon. If you are a guest here today and you say, hey, I want to check out Life Group, uh, I do have a Life Group that meets right after service right here in the church building. And so you're more than welcome to attend um, that. Well, if the worship team wants to come at this point in time, I just want to... So that was setting the stage. FAQ, where does truth come from? We've got to understand. We've got to go back to the original author. Jesus is the is the... Um, the originator of the Word of God. It's true, but we can get a little mucky sometimes when we have a culture that's so contrary to the Word of God, but we've got to place it through the right filters. And one more time, the first filter is... Next, light, leaven, seed. Okay, perfect. You guys have it. I think we're ready to go through this. Remember, next week is baptisms, field trip Sunday. We're going to have a full house next week with, uh, with our Laconia folks here. Um, I love you guys. Thank you for being here. And uh, we're going to go on this journey. I want to let you know, we're going to sing this worship song, and then Richie's going to invite um, the prayer team up. I want to make sure that if you are here and you need prayer this morning, that, that somebody has a chance to pray with you. You know, the reality is you could be at home watching services online. You can get great worship on the radio, but what you can't get is somebody who can get face-to-face with you and be in your life and let you know that you're loved, you're cared for, and um, flesh and blood, somebody's warm hand, somebody's hug. You can't get that other than coming here to a place like Grace Capital Church where you can be in a relationship with one another. All right, so um, Richie, you can, after we sing, you can invite the prayer team up. All right. All right, guys, love you. Thank you for being a a great, um, great listeners this morning, understanding what God has for us. I do know it's going to be, it's going to be touchy-feely a little bit sensitive topics over the next few weeks but but come back bring your friends too because know that there's going to be zero judgment and it's going to be a safe place for us to explore what god has for
Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 